So, recap. We've spent the last few months basically focusing on uh, loving our neighbors, uh, which includes our enemies. Uh, we've been getting into how that is also a big part of what it means to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength is to love our neighbors as ourselves. Uh, that that, Jesus tells us a few different times, is the summation of the, the law and the prophets. That's a, so we've been focusing on that to, yeah, for a long time. <laughs> uh, and then, last week, Jay gave us a great sermon on what he called idolatry light, or soft idolatry, which is, uh, and Jay can correct me if I get this wrong, but... Um, this thing that happens when we are worshiping our idea of God rather than worshiping God, worshiping um, rather than worshiping God as God reveals God to be. And so, you know, this if we have a hard time, if we have a hard time accepting the challenging words of Jesus, um, are we maybe worshiping our idea of God? Uh, and Jay gave us kind of three points. Um, ways in which we can find ourselves in this place of soft idolatry and if I get this right this was making God in the image of our uh, our political uh, beliefs and expectations making God in the image of our values and making God in the image of our ideas about right and wrong get that right cool so that was last week um, it was it was great I I had a good time um, challenging time <laughs> but a good time and uh, and so now, today, we're going to uh, 1 Corinthians. We're, we're actually going to, when I started this series, this is where I was going to preach from. <laughs> but I never managed to get here, and it's been months. <laughs> we're finally here. I'm excited about it. <laughs> um, so, so we're going to start reading from the end of chapter 12. A bit of context here, what... The Apostle Paul has just been talking about, he's been talking about spiritual gifts, he's been talking about the body of Christ, um, and talking about those things together, right? How the body of Christ is a, is a diverse thing, it's got many parts, and it's diverse in its gifts, uh, in the gifts that everybody has from the Spirit, and we're meant to work together, um, to function together as, uh, as one body, yeah, to use all our gifts together, and we're not to, not to devalue anybody, based on their gifts, right? We're not supposed to rank the gifts in terms of this person's better because they're operating in that gift. No, everybody's a part of the body, and we work together. So that's what he's, that's what he's been talking about. Um, and I mean, I don't know, it's my opinion that, he, he lists some gifts there, it's my opinion that I don't think this is meant to be an exhaustive list in terms of the gifts of the Spirit. I think God is a little bit too big to have an exhaustive list of his gifts, but that's just my two cents. But, now, after talking about all that, we're going to start reading at the end of chapter 12, and we're going to get into, surprise, surprise, love. <laughs> so, I'm reading the ESV, and I think I've got ESV up there on the slides. Uh, now you are the body of Christ, and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administering, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? 
Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts. And I will show you a still more excellent way. If I speak in tongues, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but I have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when the complete comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three. But the greatest of these is love. Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. I don't want to... Maybe you guys can hold me accountable to this. I don't want to go on too long today. Um, this is, most of us are pretty probably pretty familiar with 1 Corinthians 13. It's one of the most famous passages in all the Bible. I think a bunch of people who probably don't know their Bible know a bit about 1 Corinthians 13 even. Um, but, uh, but, you know, let's, uh, I just want to, I guess, stir it up for us a little bit. Let's note some things. Um, we have been focusing on Jesus' commands to love and, and the challenging nature of those commands, how they actually... My, my goal has been to, in, in all this, to let Scripture challenge our assumptions. Um, and it has been challenging. And we're going to do it again. <laughs> so one of the things here that is really significant is that love here is framed as better than all this other stuff. So he's just been talking about spiritual gifts. He's been talking about functioning together as the body of Christ with gifts of the Holy Spirit. Really cool stuff. Really cool stuff. And then, and he says, earnestly desire earnestly desire the higher gifts, which I think he's referring back to these things. But then he says, and I will show you 
a still more excellent way. So actually, earnestly desire the higher gifts. It could, it could go either way here. He might actually be referring back, or he might be referring forward uh, to what he's about to say. So maybe love is the higher gift. Or he's referring back. These are the higher gifts, right? But even so, what he's about to say is even more excellent than that. So prophecy, tongues, right? This is what, what makes the list there in, in uh, 27, uh, 12, 27 to, to 30, right? It's, um, it's talking about miracles and healing and tongues. Apost apostles, being an apostle, that's a really big deal. <laughs> um, being a prophet, being a teacher, working miracles, speaking in tongues, healing. This is good stuff. This is stuff we should want, earnestly desire. But, or and, uh, and I will show you a still more excellent. Greek isn't clear on buts and ands, by the way. Um, so, gotta kind of figure that out. But I will show you a still more excellent way. More excellent than all of this stuff. More excellent than what we tend to think of as the, the, like the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. More excellent than that is love. Which, by the way, love is also the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit, anybody? Love, joy, peace, patience, love. First, first thing on the list, right? Love is from the Spirit. This is one of the gifts we get, and it's the most excellent one. Everything has to fit into this. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but I have not love, I'm just making noise. It's just a racket. Like, that blows my mind. Like, just, just think about that for a second. If God gives you a word in a heavenly language, God himself gives you a word to speak in a heavenly language, and you speak it, that could be just making noise. Let that sink in. I, I can't actually wrap my head around that. God gives me a word in a heavenly language, it might still just be worthless. <laughs> me saying it might just be worthless. I'm speaking what the Lord is giving in a heavenly language. It's the coolest thing ever. But if I don't have love, I'm just making noise. Prophetic powers. I understand everything. Mysteries, knowledge. I'm getting words from the Lord in in. Not a heavenly language, right? But I'm just, I'm, t I'm speaking into people's lives. Things that I could have never known on my own. It's nothing. This, this one, this is wild. If I have all faith, I have faith enough to move mountains. By the word of my faith, the natural world around me changes. <laughs> Worth it. I don't have love. Josh, why have we been talking about love for three months? This is why. Because <laughs> it's more important than everything else. 
Everything else is worthless if we don't have it. If we don't, if we don't get this. If we don't posture ourselves to receive the gift of well, God's love and then loving from the Holy Spirit. A little comment on uh, on verse three. This is interesting. I I recently uh, did some learning uh, into this. Um, if I give away all I have, and I do, uh, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Um, I was reading this in the uh, in the New American Standard Bible, and it said, um, "If I give away all I have to the poor, if I give all my possessions to the poor." Um, and I just thought it seemed weird. I was like, huh, that's weird, because that seems loving. <laughs> seems like love in action. Um, interestingly enough, I looked into the Greek and this stuff, and uh, it doesn't say if I give all I have to the poor. It, it says, it just says if I give away all that I have. And then, um, actually, if I deliver up my body to be burned, there's another translation. It's actually another manuscript. We're not sure... Uh, there's different translations will translate this differently based on the manuscripts we have available. So some will say, and so I don't know what your translation has if you're reading along, some will say, if I deliver up my body to be burned. Others actually say, if I give up my body so that I may boast. So that would make the complete phrase, if I give away everything I have and I give up my body so that I may boast, but have not love, I gain nothing. So regardless of which one of these it is, what this verse is saying, it's about if I give everything up, including my own body, if I just give up everything, absolutely everything, even myself, but I don't love, it's still worthless. So, I mean, you could think about um, a monk taking a vow of poverty, for example. Right or like any think about anyone kind of like uh, asceticism right self self denial. The point here is self denial, right? Along with these other different things, along with these cool uh, speaking in tongues prophecies, self denial also worthless without love. It's, yeah, and, and this is like I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spend a lot of time preaching some of this list by the way because and this this list just preaches to you. Meditate on this. I encourage you. Go home, meditate on this. Just read it over and over and ask yourself about this and, and reflect on your life and try to apply. Love is patient. Love is kind. Um, and let's, uh, yeah, try to do this. Where I'm, I'm trying to find, I'm looking at my screen here and I'm not seeing um, the, uh, where is no record of wrongs, perhaps. Oh yeah, there it is. You got it. You nailed it. Footnote right here. Thank you, Eunice. Sorry, that was a that's a that's a curious translation, the not being resentful. It's actually it's literally the word for like accounting. It's uh, love does not account. So you're you're catching me. You're catching me on the on the fly here that uh, I don't prefer uh, this translation. <laughs> um, the um, some translations will say keeps no record of wrongs or keeps no record of wrongdoing. Some uh, will say keeps no record of harms suffered. The word, again, for record keeping, it, it's accounting. It's keeping a tally. Um, it's taking into consideration. That would be another way of 
of looking at that word. And interesting, we brought this up just in our prayer meeting, uh, or at the end of our prayer meeting earlier, we were having a chat. The um, keeps no record of wrongs or harm suffered. It's the word for evil. Deliver us from evil. It's that, that same word. So, thinking about how challenging this verse is, it's love doesn't keep score on the evils <laughs> that people have done to me. And it maybe not even necessarily to me. Like doesn't doesn't say to me. That might be implied, but also love isn't keeping a record of evil. That like again. Let's meditate on that, like, because again, Scripture does call us to to be discerning of of, of, of things and, and what is what is right and what is what is wrong and and um, and to mind who we associate with and this sort of thing. So there is that whole challenge, right? And and what to do with sin in our midst, but still, <laughs> we have this as kind of a, a counterbalance, if you will, or at attention uh, with that. It's saying love doesn't keep account of evil. So, I don't give us an answer here, but wrestle with that. Meditate on it. Um, let the Spirit lead you, because this is a gift of the Spirit. And, of course, again, right? All of this stuff will pass away. The things that we think are really cool, the gifts of the Spirit that we earnestly desire, the gifts of the Spirit we're supposed to earnestly desire will pass away. But love won't. And this I find really interesting. That Paul, in verses 9 uh, to 10, right? For now we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. That is in the middle of this thing about love remains, other things pass away. Paul is comparing, or contrasting really, love and the things that he identifies as the higher gifts of the Spirit, as maturity and childishness. Things like prophecy and tongues, they're good. Earnestly desire them. But by comparison to love, it's childish. Like that that's the extreme language that he's using here, which is this is that's a little mind blowing, I think. It's weird to me. <laughs> but that's my favorite thing. When you look at scripture, look at it and ask yourself, what's weird? It's usually a good place to start. <laughs> uh, to start your reflection or your, your meditation or your or your study. Because that's maybe what needs to to stick out at you. Um, love is the complete, love is the perfect. Love is the mature. Love is where it's all going. So by comparison, prophecy, miracles, healing, by comparison, 
That's childishness. So again, he's not, he's not saying, forget about that stuff. This is good stuff. Earnestly desire. He's going to say that again at the end, just to clarify. But at the end of it all, three things remain. Faith, hope, <coughs> love. These three things abide. These th three things remain. But the greatest of these is love. Again, what's weird here? In your, in your own thinking, in my own thinking, in our own thinking, what we tend to think about how this stuff works, what's a little bit weird about that? Love is greater than faith. Love is greater than faith. And, and by the way, this, as far as I can tell, He's given that he just said he will show us a more excellent way. So this is the way that we're supposed to walk in, the way of love, right? And the description here, this seems like this is love towards people. This is love of neighbor, primarily. I think we could take some of this and apply it to our relationship with the Lord, for sure. But I mean, um, keeping no record of wrongs, right? Pretty clear we're not, like, this is love. This is love towards each other. This is love of neighbor. And Paul actually says, that's greater than faith. What do you do with that? Faith, hope, and love, they remain. These are the things that are going to last out the whole way through. But where's your focal point? What's the most important thing? What's your, or what's your starting point? What do you filter everything else through? The hope, the hope we have in Jesus, the coming kingdom, the resurrection, the new creation, that's this, that's this hope. Love is greater. Faith, we trust God for everything. We believe in Jesus. Love is greater. That's what, that's, that's what, that's what 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says. That challenges me. I still need to wrestle with this. I still need to meditate on this. What, yeah, what's the most important thing? Where do we focus? How do we direct our lives? Where do we put all the rest through? It's got to be love. And then, start of chapter 14, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. He's about to go, here he goes into a, a, a little comparison between prophecy and tongues and how prophecy is more helpful for the body than speaking in tongues. But I, I included verse uh, 1 from chapter 14 here because, again, there's a, an interesting comparison between uh, love and spiritual gifts. Earnestly desire spiritual gifts. That's what he says. Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. That's a really good translation. Earnestly desire. It's very strong. Like be, uh, The word is, I think, zello. It's like it's where we get zeal from. It's, it's be zealous, like zealous for spiritual gifts really earnestly desire this. The word for love, or what we're supposed to do with love, is pursue. This is also the word for persecute. Um, so it's all depending on context. So imagine someone's being persecuted. How much they're getting chased after. They're getting hunted down. This is what we're supposed to do for love. Chase after it, run after it, hunt it down. Don't let it get away. If you like you're running a race, run fast after this thing. 
Do not miss love. Put your whole self in a like chase after this thing. It's 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 intense. You might even think about I'm well no I won't actually say that I won't use that word but um but per pursue this is something this is active I guess this is kind of my point. We we want to desire the spiritual gifts and and again, I think that's something God gives, right? Love, God gives us that too, but we have this active component of it. We have to chase after it. We have to chase after that way, and we have to run that road. We have to hunt it down, and it, it's hard to catch. Because love is really hard. That's what we've been talking about. <laughs> you know, love is really hard. So, this... I just wanted to highlight this today, um, again, for two main reasons. One, this is, of course, one of the just beautiful passages in Scripture on love, um, and it's worth meditating on as we think about er, Early in the series, right, somebody asked me, I think it was Emily, was like, how do we love our neighbor? And I was like, I'm not going to answer that question. <laughs> um, this is one of the places to really go and meditate. The other one? I think my, the other one I would recommend would be go back to the Good Samaritan and meditate on that, right? But spend time with this. This is this stuff we've been talking about. This is how we, this is, this is how we love our neighbor. The other reason I wanted to come here was just, again, to let this challenge us in terms of what we're focusing on, how we're prioritizing, what gets center stage, what the Bible actually says gets center stage. And it's uncomfortable. Because I want faith to be more important than love. <laughs> and I want the evidence of God's blessing and working to be gifts of the Holy Spirit. Like prophecy and speaking in tongues. That fits with my sensibilities. But scripture says it's love. And love is how we will be no, right? Uh, they will, what does Jesus say? Um, this is how they will know that they are my disciples. By their prophecies and speaking in tongues, right? No. <laughs> this is how they will know they're my disciples. That they love, like, their, their love for one another. Or that your, your love for one another. Now, he does say these signs will accompany those who believe. Right? So there are miracles that, that still... Still there. Still makes it. But this is how they will know that you are my disciples. That you love one another. Because all that other stuff is worthless without love. It's childish without love. It's incomplete. It's imperfect. So that's that's it. That's really all I wanted to say. And, and, and actually, this concludes, I think, <laughs> this series on love. Where uh, we now said everything there is to say about love uh, in the scriptures, and we'll never talk about it again. Um, yeah, but uh, obviously we're going to keep talking about love. It's going to keep coming into everything. And I hope that this, I hope 
maybe naively, maybe optimistically, but I hope that some of this, um, for those of you who have been following along on this, uh, will, will become foundational for you as we go through other things, as we continue to seek the Lord together, that we can keep asking that question, how do I love my neighbor? What does that mean here in this context? Am I keeping love at the front? Am I seeking love? Am I hunting it down? Am I chasing it down? Or am I chasing down the cooler looking manifestations of the spirit? The powerful things instead of the weak things. Right? Love, is, love takes the position of weakness. That's we preach Christ crucified, right? So, hopefully this, yeah, hopefully you can carry this forward. Um, as we move on to other things. So yeah, uh, finally, I wanted to get to 1 Corinthians 13 in my first sermon, and uh, several months later, we finally made it there, and now we're done. <laughs> so that was the whole goal, guys. I just wanted to get to 1 Corinthians 13. 